Hey, my loves. Okay, so I'm still in bed. It's so comfortable. It's so cozy. Love, hate with the winter. Can't wait to start starting up the fireplace. But it's something about outside being cold and inside so warm and cozy. So I just hit the subscribe button on Aubrey Marcus. I've heard I really like their shorts. Um, I didn't go back to his YouTube to see what all is going on there but I want you to hear this um short uh and I've been talking about how what's happening like being attentive to what we're replicating right when we have children if you don't like this person enough to see him and I kid you not yesterday I was talking to someone right because now we're talking about the macro plane of coincidences right which was three podcasts back right (laughs) don't believe in coincidences we have synchronicities and recurrences right i was talking to somebody yesterday and they were like yeah um uh something about their child or something and they have to oh i know what it was no no no, i wasn't talking to them it was on um (coughs) kendra g there was a woman that had gone to jail for shooting her baby's dad she spent six years in 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 um, prison and she don't like him but guess what she created a whole she replicated this person so now we have a replicated junior right and we talk about how even the you know i've heard two schools of thought which coincidentally um one of them i've heard is that there's overpopulation and it makes sense i think if i had heard this maybe even five years ago, I was so resistant to it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I remember when they were, I won't go into that part. But um, uh, yesterday, I was talking to someone and they were saying that Jeff Bezos was saying we are underpopulated and we need to mass populate. And uh, I started to just kind of think about why would someone say that he wants more population, understanding that only a small percentage, only between one to five percent of the population are controlling everything in terms of being masterminds and creating systems and being forward thinking. The rest of us are just bodies that are building these empires for Ford and Amazon and Tesla and Walmart, right? We just are um, consumers, right? So we go, we buy at Walmart. We go, we buy Ford, we go, we buy Toyota, we go, we buy an Amazon. Me and Amazon, we are connected at the hip. I have orders coming through. Um, it's my little addiction. Which, by the way, y'all, I got myself another designer, whatever, right? But um, what is it that makes us want to always replicate? Another interesting thing I think that with this coming up right now, too, was within the last day or two, what is the purpose of life? Is the woman just reduced to birthing? right? Is she just reduced to birthing and being a significant, um, a significant other? My thesis is no. I think that those things enrich your life. And I think it's interesting too, like you really have to pay attention to what your purpose is because I've talked about like how even with my natal chart, it shows, yeah, I will have a handsome Mr. Musings, divine, musings of a Divine Masculine. 
later in life. And so here I am beating myself over the head to get into these relationships because everyone is telling me, if you don't have a child, just off yourself. If you don't have a significant, just off yourself. You serve no purpose, you know, type of a thing. And so it's like my natal chart shows that there'd be more alignment with like, you know, I figure life out. I enjoy things. I learn you know, enjoy life. And at the right time, at my older age in life, uh, another person who is compatible and has gone through life, and I talk about how the characteristics of of what I think I would like in my divine masculine, can you imagine myself trying to be out of alignment with what's, you know, my purpose in life? But I think it all comes down to, I think women... um, uh, some of us are trying to figure out, you know, what are we replicating? You know, what, what, who are we having our children with? What are the legacies that we're passing on? But I'm going to play this clip. I know it's five minutes in, but I'm going to play this clip. I'm going to play it twice, if not three times, because it's really deep and start to think about how this is how that mindset, um, affects human behavior, right? Or how the cell um, is, is plays out in human behavior. So he just finished saying, um, he said the cancer cell is the only cell in the body. The only cell in the body that is completely cut off from all the information of the rest of the organism and it thinks it's the last semblance of life. And it can't produce its own energy because it's so damaged. So all it knows is to start sucking energy from everything around it and trying to replicate as fast as possible because it's too damaged to heal, so it can only replicate. And I would posit that humans are too disconnected to heal. And so we are sucking the energy out of this planet as fast as we can, and we are replicating as fast as we can. A cancer cell is the only cell in the body that is completely cut off from all the information of the rest of the organism, and it thinks it's the last semblance of life. And it can't produce its own energy because it's so damaged. So all it knows is to start sucking energy from everything around it and trying to replicate as fast as possible because it's too damaged to heal so it can only replicate that that's really wild y'all let me play um finish it and i would posit that humans are too disconnected to heal and so we are sucking the energy out of this planet as fast as we can and we are replicating as fast as we can a cancer cell is the only cell in the body that is completely cut off from all the information of the so it's saying that um, here, I want you to kind of think about this a little bit, too, because one of the things I talked about um, uh, about two days ago was one of my greatest fears is becoming, I guess, cancerous. Right. To getting to a point where I am so cut off from the rest of the organism, right, rest of the rest of the community, rest of the black culture, um that I'm so cut off and so far removed that I'm not connecting to the body, right? I've talked about how one of the things that I understand my role better with my Virgo rising and how it fits into the body, you know, each of the zodiacs represent like the headspace, the eyes, the throat, the chest, the lungs, the reproductive system, you know, that type of thing. So Virgo, you know, me stepping into my rising, my Virgo is we deal with health and wealth, right? That those are my strengths, right? Um, and, and I can learn from all the other ladies too. Uh, and I enjoy watching you in your strengths, right? And you walking in your purpose. Um, my assignment, 
is health and wealth. But Virgo is the part of the body that's the digestive system. So I've talked about this before. We will consume and pay attention to what we're consuming, you know, um, collectively, you know, whether it's black community, global or for women, right? And I will take what everybody's consuming and I will analyze it. And I will try to figure out, you know, whatever has the best nutrients, I'm going to take, you know, take the meat and spit out the, the the bones, right? We use that a lot in tarot and oracles, you know, take what applies and let the rest fly. So I will take, and that's, and that's kind of interesting to take on too. I would encourage you to kind of take on a little bit of Virgo into your DNA and add it to your diet because... Sometimes a lot of the content is not the most fun, but we can always learn lessons, right? We can always take something of nutritional value and just discard what doesn't apply, right? So I take the content and I'm like, okay, this will be good for the heart. This will be good for the heart space. This will be good for the brain, for your intellect. This will be good for my eyes to see. This will be good for my mouth to taste. This will add muscle. Um, this will add radiant skin. This will grow my hair, my nails. And then the rest of it is just shit. <laughs> and so at that point, I would just flush it out. But the thing about cancer, you can grow cancer in different parts of your body, is now I'm cut off, right? And so you get to a point where you're so cut off. And even when you think about what this means for um, people, I, you know, Kanye has put himself out there in the spotlight, right? Um and I've I've called him a um a male and not a man, <laughs> but um and I've described why, um. And here it is. He's also I'm gonna explain to you using him as an illustration of how he can demonstrate that it, it, he's a a cancer in the sense that. Um. He became so cut off from, you know, his black community that um he lost touch with what's going on in the trenches right what's happening with the rest of the body because here's the thing and, and this is so interesting too you know if you have a healthy gut a healthy gut they say that your your um stomach is kind of like right up there with your brain also your um heart is kind of like another is like another brain. So it's healthy to have a he- it's important to have a healthy gut. And when you start to disconnect, you know, from different parts of the body, if you I've talked about this too. If you have pain in your pinky type of a thing, oh, I've talked about this before. I've actually used it from another angle. I was like, a lot of us are kind of pretending that, you know, just because our feet are fine or our joints are fine or we have long hair, which is an indicator of, of not so much long hair, but as much as as much as it means that you're growing it for a long period of time and you have to have a certain protein body makeup for your hair to grow long if it's short and brittle not because you cut it but because it keeps breaking off that's an indicator that you might not be healthy so you you can choose a short haircut but i'm i'm saying so if you're surpassing and saying like oh i have um long hair but your pinky hurts right you're going to ignore the pain out of your pinky and there can be p- cancer in your pinky 
But it's kind of like, well, my eyes are fine. My taste buds are fine. I can hear music fine. I can still feel. I can still walk. I can still run. So, and then next thing you know, like even when we talk about like breast cancer, right? You got that one lump and you're like, well, everything else is fine. I'm still, you know, moving through life, going to work, you know, doing the things that I love and what what's that lump to you, right? And so we become so disconnected from the holistic what's happening with, with us as a person, as a the collective, I think us with other women. And so even when you look at the collective body of women, I've been talking a little bit about the sisterhood with women, you know, if, if even if you look at it globally, and this is what's getting us in a lot of trouble, right? Because even when you, you'll have like a, there's this thing in the black community where African women are like, not our sons, not our men, our men are kings. You know, they treat us with royalty and dignity. And it's like, no, boo, no. Y'all have even higher femicide rates than we do here in the United States and high crimes against young women, you know, little girls and um, domestic violence, you know. And so it's easy for us to kind of just disconnect and say, well, and I've talked about this a little bit too, to just cut off from the rest of the organism. It's easy for me to say, well, you know what? I'm going to be, you know, my life is set. If I wanted to just become, you know, lazy and never do anything with the rest of my life, I'm set, right? But I, I still have a little bit of inner drive and trying to figure things out for myself. I could be like, well, I'm buying designer. I have several properties. I drive what I want to. I go where I want to. I do what I want. So who cares about, you know, domestic violence rates and femicide rates and, you know, um, misogynistic views, right? Just completely cut off from the rest of the organism. Another thing, too, that's so interesting, too, is... Um, when we talk about education, this is why education is so important. Education really does open up your eyes to other possibilities. One of the things that Napoleon Hill talks about in his book, um, uh, I think is it the laws of success. Yeah. One of the, the things that he talks about in his book, the laws of success, um, is the how important it is for you to compile information from other people, how to aggregate that information. And we've been talking a little bit about patterns, right? Micro, micro and macro patterns, right? But it starts, you, you start to move away from um, just thinking that just because you see this one tree or these trees in your backyard, those are the only trees versus getting on that plane and seeing that there's a forest or there's a jungle or there's, you know, an arboretum. <laughs> an arboretum is kind of like a, it's kind of like Huntington Park. <laughs> Listen, who would have thought I got to use that word arboretum? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's basically a, um, it's kind of like a park, but they have different types of trees that are classified, um, that like for example and i've been to several i um i'm gonna leave it at that but you go and you see like this one is titled with the classification they have like little tags of what they are 
But anyways, so you start to understand that there's a whole other view. There's whole other people out there. And so the reason that education is so important is if you stop learning from the from fourth grade, right? And you cut yourself off from understanding, you know, all the things that we learned in high school and all the things we learned about in um in college. Like right now my my niece is learning about the Holocaust. So outside of America, something that happened on another, you know, on foreign soil and how it impacted their lives, right? And and those families and um it's like wow something outside of uh, ourselves and something outside of how you know how comfortable things are in 2022 right part of the education process is understanding um other people human behavior the genders right yourself so if you stop learning at the eight, at the fourth grade, which is what? So eight, nine, 10, 11. If you stop learning right before you're 12, your lobal, front lobal, somebody was talking about the, the uh, prefrontal cortex, but the cortex, I think, is at the back of the mind, y'all. But the lobal, your frontal lobal, but your brain is not fully developed until you're 25, Right? So you can learn to exercise. But if you stop learning from the age of 12 and stay in that stagnant state all the way up until 25, you're just kind of stuck and stagnant. You start to think that you're the only one that you... And this is exactly how we end up with these conversations where you have people saying, well... Um, when, when you listen to these guys that go on Priscilla's podcast, this is exactly how you end up at a point where they say, well, I'm a good person. I'm a good husband. I'm a good wife. And it's like, sir, are you the one out of 10% or are you the 10 out of 10%? Do you represent the majority? Right? They have cut themselves off from the rest of information from the rest of the body. When when women are having conversations about the collective of the body, you think Prince Priscilla has a roof over her head? She has a job. She has a, a, a child, right? She has she can take care of herself. She really could just go about her day and live her whole best entire life. But she understands that there are women that are in unhappy relationships that need to be taken out of those relationships and you know she advocates more for loving yourself right but if you get out of that relationship i'm i'm gonna be a little bit of a booger you know and say you can reposition yourself for the push them up to the five percent or that one percent you know of of the happy relationships but don't get disconnected right let me play the rest of this the rest of the organism and it thinks it's the last semblance of life and it can't produce its own energy because it's so damaged so all it knows is to start sucking energy from everything around it and that's deep too y'all um i pay attention to energy but i'm starting to understand so many more layers right if somebody's just coming around you just starting to suck you know and i have a quote unquote friend like i i i've distanced myself but i'll still get the phone calls and honestly for as much as i'm a block queen um 
I the only reason I can't block her is because we run in a group, and so um, if I do, it's gonna cause greater problems. So, but everybody else is like, once you start to get into that that like vampireish energy where you're just sucking, and part of the thing too, I had to learn with her too was. It's it's easy to come to me because I like to listen. Like I said, I, like not just with men, but also women. I like when you're telling me stories about how you're successful and all this knowledge. And I'm 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 like an elephant. I'm all ears. I got that from my mom. <laughs> I'm like an elephant. I'm all ears. But what would happen is every once in a while, I would want to share what happened with me or what was going on in life. And she just was not hearing. She was just there to suck energy. And as soon as I started to talk about what's going on with me, it's kind of like she would just check out or get off the phone. Right. But just kind of like that vampire energy, like paying attention to people that when you're around them, they just drain all of your energy out of you. That is, you know, a realistic aspect. But and trying to replicate as fast as possible because it's too damaged to heal so it can only replicate and i think in my opinion i I, maybe if you follow along with it too this is how you end up with sometimes and and unrespectfully though because i'm learning to give so much more there's that word grace right to to women because a lot of times they um when you watch the older documentaries of young black women who have children i'll never forget her face um, she said, you know, I just wanted someone to love me. And so she had baby number one and then now she's pregnant again. Right. And then that now you have, excuse me, all of these kids because you want little people to, to love you and, and children can provide unconditional love. Right. And so you're replicating, but also with the males, it's kind of like, they know they're, you know, those types of men that are, constantly replicating you know you see them on kendra g all the time four kids five kids six kids seven kids right i remember um earlier this year we heard about a guy that had 30 kids all it knows to do is it can replicate right he's not an entrepreneur he's not in the top five percent he's not um connected to the rest of the the body right he just understands like I need to just create, replicate, 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 replicate. And the thing is, he's talking about a cancer cell, right? So it's not like it's a, it's, it's not like you're regenerating fresh new cells. Cancer is not good for you. And the more it multiplies, it's not good. That's why I was talking about how it's like, we're replicating people we don't even like, right? And I would posit that humans are too disconnected to heal. And so we are sucking the energy out of this planet as fast as we can. And we are replicating as fast as we can. And, you know, we've been talking about how even with Mother Nature, Mother Nature has been giving us so many signs, right? From the melting of the snow caps to, you know, the pollution in the air and the pollution of the water. We're just, we're not taking time to connect, right? Maybe and and there's always one of the, the the primary conversations that comes up to women, black women. I want to make sure I clarify that that comes up to black women is if we stop having children and stop have you know just close down our womb space and heal. A lot of black women, I'm almost getting teary eyed, but not in a bad way, right? Black women have so much healing to do, and. 
part of that means just sitting this one out and just kind of like not being so quick to just replicate. We need to connect, right? And there's a lot of push about, well, what will happen to black people? We need to have, well, what's going to happen? We're, we're already a, a minority. We need to go out there and, and um have children. And, you know, what's going to, what's going to, listen, as much as, you know, t- it would be nice for me to, to uh, have five more, you know, replications of myself. That's not the healthiest thing. I have to connect and figure out what's good for me and what's good for for the community, right? Am I going to be healed enough and responsible enough to understand that if I'm going to replicate, what am I going to put in? Because even when you think about um, the reverse of it, if I'm going to um, have something in my body that's going to be exposed to cancer, why would I want to do that right i'd want to make sure this is this is the best analogy if you know you have the beginning of cancer right that's not going to be the ideal time for you to be pregnant what you're going to do and what a lot of people have done is they figure out okay um let me go through you know some people go through chemotherapy and they remove all of those cancerous cells from their body and then they get pregnant and then they have a child but inherently we know that we need to heal first right you're not going to knowingly have cancer in your pinky or in your breast or you know, other body parts and try to go in and just replicate because you feel you're going to, you know, you got to pass on your legacy real quick. No, you want your child to have the best fighting, healthiest chance, right? So you're going to push through, you're going to heal and then give birth to a healthy baby, a healthy child. And a cancer cell is the only cell in the body that is completely cut off from all the information of the rest of the organism and it thinks it's the last semblance of life and it can't produce its own energy because it's so damaged so all it knows is to start sucking energy from everything around it and trying to replicate as fast as possible because it's too damaged to heal so it can only replicate and i would posit that humans are too disconnected to heal and so we are sucking the energy out of this planet as fast as we can and we are replicating as fast as we can a cancer cell is the only cell in the body that is completely cut off from all the information of the rest of the organism and it thinks it's the last semblance of it thinks it's the last semblance of life you know and and like i said that that those are those guys that you hear in those podcasts that are just kind of like well i'm the good guy no you know you're becoming cancerous you've stopped learning and getting access to information and the more education you have the more you understand that there's more more people out there there's more to life you are one in ten percent you are not the full you don't represent everyone right it it kind of is just saying it cancer is ignorance (laughs) you don't know and you're not connecting of life and it can't produce its own energy because it's so damaged. So all it knows is to start sucking energy from everything around it and trying to replicate as fast as possible because it's too damaged to heal. So it can only replicate. 
And I would posit that humans are too disconnected to heal. And you know, and so in, in, uh, I've been, a lot of you uh, know, I, I listened to Prince Seller, right? The high powered po- uh, podcast, the, the queen maker. And she is making a queen out of me, baby. But um, again, I like it because uh, Prince Seller talks about what's happening just in general with women and of all cultures, all communities, all backgrounds. And so here he's talking about humans. And so I'm just doing, you know, looking at how that affects, you know, the black community type of a thing. But at the same time, this is affecting all humans, right? It's on a global scale. And I talked about in the previous podcast how a lot of these conversations that black women, you know, uh, who was, I think I was listening to Pretty Black Magic, and she had shown a clip where it was talking about how black people are trendsetters. And I'm still internalizing that information because it hit me so hard in a good way. It was so profound, but it's kind of like I need to start to be able to unpack all of what that means. Um, how is it that we're able to set trends to the, to the, or is it, or was it simply said? I think it was simply said. I think it was simply said that was talking about how we set trends to the pace of something like one point something trillion, not million, not billion, trillion dollars. We set the trends for, um, you know, like the culture, for music, for fashion, for, you know, like even the vernacular that we use and um, some of the sentiments, like you can have one black person take something from Target and be like, this is a dud. And now every that's it. That company's done, done, dada, just gone. You know, or you can have a black person or influencer say, you know what? I really like this lip gloss or whatever, or I really like this fragrance, or I really like these shoes, or I really like this car, and we drive trends. And so, but with that being said, uh, at the forefront, I think, eh, you know, because sometimes people, they get angry that I, I talk, you know, about the dynamics between men and women. And it's usually if, it, if it's because you have like a son or a husband or a boyfriend, then can kind of trigger you and it just is what it is but um women black women in particular i think are at the forefront of driving these trends right you see a a lot of black fishing you know one of the things as as much as people you know don't necessarily like my black skin every time i go out to a place where i'm in a bikini I love that I don't have to put on suntan lotion. I love that you're, you know how many white people I see out there trying to to suntan to get bronzed to look like my skin complexion, but they hate me though, but they won't pay me what I'm, what I'm worth though. I'll go to work and clock in and do the same work that they do though, but you better believe they're trying to replicate this skin. You better believe like how full my lips are. It's it's hilarious. I really do sometimes get a kick out of watching people like overdraw their lips. One day I I probably will post a picture like just make sure you can't really see my face, but you can see my face. I know. Don't worry about it. But my lips are so full and I really do get a kick out of watching people just trying to get, you know, like just that. Right. And the little curves that we're known for, like our estrogen 
the prototype of an estrogen body, right? The the prototype or um, an estrogen, a woman that has estrogen in her body, she's going to have curvy, you know, features and types. And most men like it. But but in terms of trend setting too, even when you think about how um, for businesses, right? I've talked about how there was a woman that she did an app that is on the verge of making like multi-millions almost going on to I think like a billion dollars of but it has to do with servicing in the medical industry right so even when you think about how black women are in if you have black women in your workforce you know we've been conditioned to be 10 times better so if you have them positioned in different points throughout your your um, business and organization, the the culture is it it will attack the black woman, but at the same time, her striving to be promoted, to be recognized, to be excellent, is better for the company, and it sucks, right? Because that's where you have other women hating on the black woman. You have them not wanting to promote her or pay her her worth. And her having to pay to work 243 days more to get equal of her white counterparts, right? But even when you talk about the trend-setting aspect of it, a lot of the, the black women who've been putting in the work, and they didn't just come up overnight, right? We're going into the age of Aquarius, so age of enlightening. They've been putting in the work. But um, a lot of the black women content creators that you're seeing are driving a lot of these conversations about what is purpose? What is, oh, the role of a woman? What is the humanity of a woman? And so when there's sayings like, um, you cannot rise above the status of a woman, you cannot rise above the status of a black woman. As long as you're dehumanizing black women, all black women get in the smoke. Right. And so you pump and dump culture is across the board. You know, you see it in uh, other cultures, too. Then so now that women are addressing how that's a problem in our community, that conversation is spilling over into other other um, communities, too. Sometimes we're behind, too, when it comes to. um, uh, Even though other cultures, they tend to pedestalize to a certain degree their women um, in the sense of they're not going to say that their women are ugly. They're not. I've never heard a Mexican or Hispanic man say, our women are never, I've never, I've never, at my whole grown age, I've never, um, I've never heard a white guy say that white women are ugly. They will date out and they will date whatever, you know, other ethnicities, but I've never Heard them say stuff like, oh, you know, the color of her skin is just so I I, I don't have a, you know, or or other like um like Indian cultures or um Chinese cultures. I think with the thing with Asian cultures, though, it wasn't so much that they don't think their women are attractive. I think that they were just trying to get um a lot of power and so they equated mat you know power with um having more men and so they they eliminated their a lot of their girls but um to where now they're overpopulated with just with just um with just men 
But it's not that they're out here saying like, oh, they're just the ugliest creatures. They're so um, not feminine and da 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 da. Um, but it, now those, you know, a lot of the conversations that are coming to the surface are even things like, um, like I've said before, the domestic violence, talking about femicide rates. How do we make sure that we're safe? How do we make sure that we protect the value of our women and our girls? Right. And it's almost kind of taking us back to that civil rights movement where I can see where there's breakdowns because it's kind of like you're benefiting off of those conversations, but not understanding that the rest of us still have work to do. And I, I still consider myself, I think at this point, connected to the body because, like I said, I'm aware that as I'm sitting here in suburbia, suburban American, you know, um, it with roof over my head, um, able to drive my car, have a checking account. In California, they just passed a royal crown act so I can wear my natural hair. You know, if, if I were to get employed again, I can wear my natural hair. It is not remiss on me that there are other states where black women are still having problems with being able to wear their natural hair to work or that there are um, homeless people. Um, it is not remiss on me that there are women that are struggling with their leases or, you know, um, dealing with the repercussions of, of giving their heart space, you know, and now left with, with children that they do love, but still have to raise in the, in today's society. Um, that's not remiss to me. Right. And I think what I would be interested to find out is how you assimilate that information, right? How do you use that information? I almost wonder, let me just click on this real quick. If he cites the actual, oh, hell yeah. He has the full episode. All right. I'm going to listen to that. Riverside. 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 I don't know what that's about. Let's see here. Uh, It's titled Medicine of the Future. So let's just, um, and I want to see how long the video is going to be. I'll probably just listen to that until it's time for me to go. Keep drinking my alkaline water. Skip ad. Uh, okay, so it's an hour. So right now it's 7.36. So I can listen to this until 8.36 and still have half an hour to um, before I have to go. Medicine of the Future, Aubrey Marcus Podcast. And he talks about what medicine might look like in the protopian future, y'all. So, it, listen, when you start to understand how to dissect what you're seeing in front of you, we've been talking about the difference between men and males, right? And so here it is. You have Dr. Zach Bush about the medicine might look like in this protopian future, right? So not necessarily stuck on the past. And also understanding human behavior. So protopian, protopian. We're going to learn another word today, y'all. Today we learned um, macro, macro something. We learned the word um, deference, protopia future. So protopia future means... 
No, no, no. Go back. <laughs> I'm trying to do this with one one hand. Protopian, Protopian, future definition. Uh, uh, uh. What does Protopian mean? It says. I need to get a new computer, y'all. I'm probably going to have to get one for Black Friday sale. But I don't really want to. Um, <laughs> Are you going to show me? <laughs> My computer just started to freeze up a little bit. It's not overheated, though. Yeah, no, it's not overheated. Could be the internet. It's probably a, a sign for me to let you guys go. Here we go. Hmm. Okay, this is becoming awkwardly embarrassing. Wow, internet, you're really going to have me on here looking like... There we go. So it says, what is what does Protopian mean? Founder of the online magazine Wired, Kevin Kelly, who coined the term Protopia, defined as... And look at it, coining terms out here, y'all. Gotta love that. Coining terms. And this must be relatively new, because if it's an online magazine Wired, this is, this is relatively modern, right? Coin the term Protopia. I would like to coin a term in my lifetime so it can be on my oracle card, you know? Mm. Is defined as a state that is better than today. A state that is better than today than yesterday. Is that a grammatical error? Because it would, it would mean a state that is better than today than yesterday. It Okay, so the best way I can explain this is kind of like, you know how we like to use the 1% rule? Every day in every way, I'm becoming a better version of myself. So, and the 1% rule where I am 1%, if if you use that rule, um, we talked about this on a previous podcast, where if you strive to be 1% better every day, you're going to be something like 3,600% better by the end of the... um by the end of the year. So a state that is better than today than yesterday. Although it might be only a little better. Yeah. So it says Protopia is much, much harder to visualize, which is funny because if you're only going to be a teeny tiny bit better tomorrow, it people still struggle with what it means for you to be a little bit better tomorrow. But what's interesting too is that it says here, a state that is better than today than yesterday. So it's kind of this middle ground where you can... It's easier for you to visualize how to be better today than you were yesterday, but it's harder for you to visualize how to be a little bit better tomorrow than it is today. Well, it says a state that is better than today than yesterday. No, I was thinking tomorrow. You know what? Disregard. <laughs> I, I, In my mind, I was thinking then tomorrow. A state that is better than today than yesterday, although it might only be a little bit better. 
Y'all, don't completely disregard that. Mm-mm. I, I think, I don't know if this is like a grammatical thing. Let me see. What is a protopian society? Protopia is a, be- is a future better than today, but not perfect. Protopian societies are ones which slowly and steadily improve the quality of the life of their inhabitants. Every day in every way, I'm becoming a better version of my way. Self. Societies, right? Ooh, I would like that for the black community, right? To become a protopian society, one where we're slowly and steadily improving the quality of the life of our inhabitants. And of course, it will spill over into, like I said, into other areas too, right? If if we in the black community take care of what we need to do for ourselves, it's going to spill over into other. Because we, like I said, we drive trends to the trend of one one trillion. So if we, you know, in the black community as the trendsetters take a pro- protopian perspective where if it's even just for the black women, right, we're working on becoming healthier, right? And in healthier emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, um, That's protopian. So it says major challenges are addressed. And so this is because this is this guy's, um, he coined this term, Kevin Kelly. He's specifically talking about things such as climate change, which coincidentally ties back to mother, mother nature, right? Disease, poverty, urban strife, and supply chain breakdowns. Ooh, this is so freaking deep. Um... It says, Protopia is another recent term coined by futurist Kevin Kelly and is defined as the opposite of dystopia. In dystopia, people are stuck in some kind of recurring pattern of suffering. Whoa, y'all. This, I love this stuff. So this is talking about, like it says, in George Orwell's foot trampling uh, a human face forever as in 1984. So... Um, remember how I was talking about how in one of my favorite movies, The Infinity Chamber, um, it talks about how, you know, there, there are recurring patterns and, and the difference of the people who make it and are able to, to make it out of the movie successfully alive, when the recurring pattern happens, they, um, look at human behavior to see how to get out of it, which I think is so cool like listening to this um to this guy talk about that right the medicine of the future that's freaking deep this is from 5 months ago right hmm i'm going to close that i'm reading the the um comments i'm going to read this one comment cuz i love it too it says, I feel you with how the trees can feel that no one sees them. And because of this, um, he, this person wrote for weeks, I have walked past all the trees at my work and acknowledged the oxygen they provide me to be able to take a deep breath in. I thank them for their beauty and for their stillness. Mm. 
So let me just close out here um, with this. And and can you imagine, sometimes I kind of laugh about this too, because I have seen, sometimes I will see people trying to get bees out of the water. And they're the most racist people ever. It's crazy. Um, but, but I don't, and that kind of maybe came across a little bit kind of rude, but you have people that will pass by and try to take on trees, which is a part of, to me, the secret, right? You start to understand if you didn't even before this, that trees do provide us oxygen. And a lot of us, like I talk about the trees in my backyard and you start to see how many trees there are when you, when you take a flight, um, and we just don't appreciate the oxygen that they provide us. That they're part of our ecosystem, right? They're part of our ecosystem. And again, it's that disconnect from information, right? We start to feel like we are, you know, everything when really the ecosystem, the trees around us are are there to help support us. And we're so appreciative. But I want to close out with this as we're heading into Thanksgiving, we do it for trees, but what about the people in the life around you? And I've been talking about how I really have you thank the black woman today. You know, if, if she's working for you, you better believe that she is striving to be 10 times better, you know. And that contributes to your culture, to your workplace culture. Have you thanked a black woman today? Like, I, and I'm just talking about like, I've even thanked people because sometimes I, I'm going back and forth between the black community, but globally, have you thanked the people around you? Have you thanked your mother and your father for, you know, them raising you the best that they could with the resources that they could? Have you thanked, you know, if you wanted to, I talk about the employer to employee dynamic of sometimes the employee can feel underappreciated. But can you thank your employer for, you know, seeing, you know, they're probably taking full advantage of you and not paying what you're worth, but at least they are giving you some type of work experience to where you can now move on to something better, right? Accumulate that that knowledge and, and launch onto something else. Or like for a lot of you, if you have, you know, you're working for three more years, you're trading, you're investing, and for those three years, yeah, you're going to be, you know, checking into work and putting up a little bit of the disrespect and whatnot. But on three years, you're out, you're out of there, <laughs> you know. Um, but have you thanked people around you today, right? And the the trees around you, the, you know, are, it's easy to even say, like, be thankful for, like, your, your vehicle and transportation, but... Those of you who still have bus drivers and Uber drivers and DoorDashers and um, people who prepare your food, people who, you know, the other day um, I had to go get some flowers. And y'all, I love, 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 love flowers. I really do. Um, I would probably tell you, yeah, no, that's going to be TMI. But um, let's just say between one of my, my grandmas and myself, we love flowers, right? As appropriately named after my, my grandma, my, my middle name, right? But, um, and my, my other granddad from my mom, from my dad's side, she, that runs in our DNA. Like, uh, she liked really pretty things, really elegant, um, pretty sophisticated, like elegant, 
type of a thing nice fine materials type of thing but anyways but um yeah i'm working on on not having these um tangents but just focusing on on thank being thankful right um Oh, I remember what it was. I was talking about the flowers. So went in to buy flowers and I just loved everything. And and so I remember when I walked in, um, I had happened coincidentally to just walk by the, there's a, a, a checkout section for the flowers. And I remember I passed this um, woman and I could tell she was tired. I could tell she was tired. And it was work and she's working with the flowers. So I went through and, you know, I Look to see what flowers would be in, you know, the person I was going to give it to would appreciate. And I had to kind of just walk around a little bit extra because they were so pretty. And I was just taking in the visual imagery there. It's so pleasing to my eyes. And I really wanted to take all of them home <laughs> um, type of a thing. But um, and so when I pulled up to the counter, I was like, you know what, let me check out with her and, and stuff. So he went through the process and I'm really polite, um, respectful. And I said, you know, you're so lucky to work here with all of these beautiful flowers. You know, I was like, um, I asked her something along the lines of, do you enjoy it? And she says, yeah, I really do. And the countenance on her face started to change a little bit. And I said, these are so beautiful. Did you make all of these floral arrangements? And she's like, and then she started to just light up, you know, and she's like, well, I do make some of the floral arrangements that are there. And so I said, did you make this one? It's gorgeous. And she's like, I didn't make that specific one, but we do, you know, pick them up and bring them here. And she's like, but I've made all of these. And I was like, yeah, this is absolutely beautiful. I was like, if I had to do anything over again, I would work with the flowers. And I love how they're so green and they have a vibrancy. And her, she just, her countenance and She's like, you know what? Enjoy your day. Enjoy the flowers and the energy, just you, her countenance, right? So take time to thank people, like even the cashier that's checking you out. Some of us do check, self-checkout, right? Um, but just as we're going into a period of Thanksgiving, yes, I, I talk about, you know, have you thanked the black woman today, right? But just... Even can you thank your children, you know, your, if you're a boss, your employees, you know, I think that the best bosses would be divine feminines and divine masculines because you, you know, when you talk about, uh, what's going on culturally with Elon Musk, yeah, he's a boss, but he's not necessarily cheating his employees the best, but, and they can use that as a launching pad to, go on to bigger and greater things. I've talked about how that played out in my life, right? But it'd be nice if more of us divine feminines and masculines were rich and we were employing people because we would treat them right. We would have foster a culture where we appreciate people, where we see their value, right? And we treat them like human beings. You know, um... there's stuff going on with Kanye right now and I've I've said it before and it's coming to the light and some stuff you can tell I'm like you wouldn't want this man or some of the other men in our community to be 
in a position of power because you see how they treat their subordinates. Right? And I'm thankful for the time when I was in the workplace and I had, you know, staff that I was responsible for. And for that moment in that period in time, I tried to treat them the best I could and appreciate them the best I could and pay them the best I could within my realm. And if I had to do it all over again, I would want to make sure that my employees are treated fairly, that they're appreciated, that they that I understand they're human. I think one of the best people you'd want to have for a boss would be a black woman, if I'm going to be honest, right? Because then they, they paid attention to all of those things, even right down to your spirituality, right? But that's just me being proud of the melanin skin I'm in. Oh, y'all, so now I'm hungry. I'm hungry. It is almost 8 o'clock, but I still have an hour. So I'm going to listen to this Zach Bush guy. I'm pretty sure I'm going to come back on here and just share a little um, highlights of what they're talking about and how you can put it, you know, uh, overlap it to what's what we're seeing around us and the conversations that are happening. So until the next one, bye.